back, Double Teamed fam. How are we doing today? Just wanted to let y'all know, and I'm recording this cute little intro the day before the episode, but we did this episode as a two-parter. So part one is actually going to be on Sluts and Scholars podcast by Nicoletta Heidegger. She is a LMFT sexologist, equine-assisted psychotherapist, and host of Sluts and Scholars. And then you can come back on over to Double Team Podcast for part two of the episode. But also, if you want both part one and two and visuals, you will be able to find both of those on our YouTube page. But yeah, just wanted to hop on and say that. Go listen to part one on Sluts and Scholars. Come back and listen to part two on Double Team Podcast. And we hope you enjoy. As always, wear condoms. We love you. Let us know what you think. I'm curious, what was your introduction to kink? Oh, good question. Maybe now's a good time to announce that we're doing like a part two episode exchange. Oh, oh, yeah. So if you want to hear the details on that and more, head over to Double Teamed, oh. uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can listen to the rest of this. Let's hear it. <laughs> um, okay, so my introduction to kink, I mean, it's tough because looking back, I think that there was always an interest. Yeah. I actually have some like a video of me when I was probably in eighth grade, I still had braces and I was wearing a necklace that had one handcuff on it. Oh. And I like, so I already had like the fuzzy handcuffs. I don't know if I really used them, but like there was already an interest in that kind of stuff. And when I was younger, I was definitely always interested in like, there was still like a daddy obsession thing with like older people. There was a lot of like self-pleasure exploration and things like that. And even with like toys, I figured out stuff early on through like back massager from Sharper Image. So, and then I, I grew up riding horses. So there were lots of like crop jokes and like, you know, whip jokes and things like that. So I think looking back, I'm like, oh, it's always just been there. Just Um, like these little breadcrumbs. Yeah. Yeah. Just these little breadcrumbs. But I think it wasn't probably until like college that I really started like exploring it more. And I think that was just because I was just learning more, learning more about myself. And I worked at this sexual health peer resource center where you could like sell toys and Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Things to people on campus. They could come get peer counseling. They get like mm. 24 free condoms a quarter. And so it was really cool. And I just got to learn, I think, like what else was out there. And so yeah. the more I learned, I was just like, that's interesting. That's interesting. That's interesting. And I know then, in, oh, I, sorry to interrupt, in sex therapy, don't you have to do that one class where you have to like look at a bunch of really like crazy out there like porn (laughs) yeah it's called a SAR a sexual attitude reassessment and I didn't have one until my second master's program in human sexuality so by that time I was already pretty seasoned did any of it speak to you Oh, I mean, (laughs) yes, it all spoke to me, but I think the SAR focused on things that like I was not interested in. Um, There was a lot of like bestiality stuff and things like that, minor attraction, which is now what I do a lot of studies on. Oh, Um, really? So people who are like non-offending pedophiles, essentially. Wait, 
What is non-offending? Somebody who has the interest, who is attracted to people under the age, but isn't acting on it, is not wanting to harm or harming other folks, but like has this as a part of their orientation. Mm, I see. Yeah. I see. So I think those things didn't like appeal to me, but I was like learning new stuff yeah. that was like, well, that's new. That's interesting to me. But I do think it was cool to be able to be like, oh, this is my school program. I remember one thing in my master's of education and human sexuality is we had a big lecture in like a lecture hall. And it was one of those like chemistry classes that has the big like desk at the front with all the like places you would put like the beakers and things. Yeah. And so we had a demonstration of some like leather daddy folks and we were with like our professors and our classmates and you know teachers and all this stuff and we're just like watching like bare ass spanking like in the lecture hall and I was like I'm in the right place (laughs) like this is where I'm supposed to be but actually my formal kink education was with one of your current play partners Mm -hmm. I went to a yeah yeah, I went to a um, like a private dungeon that's sadly now closed and in Los Angeles and I yeah I ended up meeting somebody to do work with there and like learning about kind of the more inner workings Mm -hmm. um, and really figuring out like what I liked and like honing in on it I I knew there was stuff before and I had a lot of info but like actually putting it into practice I think started around like like end of college nice yeah see and that makes me feel like I wish I would have done that because I was so like in my books, like every, all the fantasies were up here. And I, I, so I didn't really start like acting on, you yeah. know, exploring kink or anything till about what, like a year and a half ago. Like, But that's, I think the tough part is like, I think I already was so exposed to all this stuff yeah. that I knew where to go to explore great. more. And I think a lot of people who are interested might not know where to go or they don't know where to start or they maybe start in an area that like isn't safe or with like random person on Craigslist or whatever. And so I think sometimes it sucks because it feels like it's like preaching to the choir. Like the people who know about it already have the resources, but the people who need to know about it don't know where to start. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. Like, you know, we've talked to so many. We did an episode in Nadege you know, with Danica, who's another sex therapist and now with you and like, you guys all talk about how like, you know, in college you went to study these things. And don't get me wrong, my college experience is great. I was flying airplanes. You know, I went to school for aviation and I got my pilot's license there, which I love. And that was super cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I loved sex back then. And like, how dope would it have been to like study, you know, sex study, gender study, something like that, which, you know, granted I see now kind of aligns more with like what I want to do in the future. But back yeah. then I thought I was going to be a pilot for life. So, you know, I guess everyone goes through growth differently. But I, I listen to these I'm stories. I'm seeing an intersection with your yeah. pilot stuff and sex stuff somewhere yeah. in your somewhere in your future. <laughs> you know, I wonder what that would You're look like. like. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually found out there's this service. I can't remember where they offer it. Where they just, you, they pay, you pay them to go up so you can fuck in the airplane and yeah, then they come down. Yeah, it's a yeah, mile high service. And yeah. I, I, five minutes out on the first. <laughs> that was so funny. An airplane just came over as we were talking about this <laughs> that's universe, somebody fucking the universe is like yep <laughs> yep someone's up there having fun so i thought that was super cool because like you know that's the number one question i always get on dating apps because i put that i'm a pilot on there they're like have you fucked in an airplane <laughs> yep and uh all the time i'm like i've given head while flying but i haven't nice. <laughs> i have not had sex my ex-husband and i used to own an airplane so, you know, naturally, every once in a while, we did some things when it was just him and I flying, obviously. So, what? I had sex in an airplane, but it was on the ground. Does that count? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was a it was a pilot. He owned a couple airplanes that yeah. came. He dated for a while. Ooh, yeah. Nice. He was the first person to take me up in a helicopter. Oh, yeah. That was scary. Yeah, I didn't like him. Anyways. <laughs> 
so yeah i mean i think that's so cool that like you guys got to study that and it you know is like a part of like your college life and your formative years i think that's so neat but you know it's never too late for now like you're doing it now and and it might even be a different experience because now you know more about yourself and like what you like and yeah, can really that's true. focus on what you want to focus on. Yeah. I mean, I definitely put like my kinks and my sexual desires like on the back burner when I met my husband because I thought back then I was 18 when I met him and we got married when I was 21. And back then I was like, I got to fit into this box of like yeah. what, you know, a wife is a supposed to wife. look like in Oklahoma. Mm. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I was like, I have to, you know, like be good. And, you know, sex isn't supposed to be for, for fun. It's like, you know, what you do like with your person because you love them, like all yeah. these things. And it's not that like him and I had a, a bad relationship or anything by any means, but it definitely got to the point where I'm like, I don't like this box. He's not putting me in it. I'm putting myself in it because of what I think it's supposed to look like because of society. And then I yeah. was like, fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> so and then that's when like, you know, my husband and I started having more like conversations around things. And then finally he brought up non-monogamy and now here we are. So anyways, not that you asked for that story, but I, just- <laughs> I'm, I, I like hearing. I think it's I, I'm happy to dive into that as much as you want to. <laughs> I mean, I think for the most part, I've like processed quite a bit of that. But I think, you know, everyone at some point needs to have that moment with themselves where like, I think we all try to put ourselves in boxes, right? Well, I think it's really tough because a lot of the people that I've met to be partners with who maybe had some of the qualities that I was like looking for initially in partnerships didn't align sexually Mm -hmm. or the reverse. Like there's people that I've met who really align with me sexually, but then the other qualities I was looking for weren't present. That's actually like an absolute perfect segue into what I wanted to discuss with you I because um, <laughs> that was phenomenal. I don't even know how you did that. But, <laughs> but I often meet, and granted, I am non-monogamous. So like, I understand that like, I don't expect- No one person's going to have everything. Yeah, no one person's going to meet everything. But at the same time, like now that I'm not married anymore, like I'd love to find a primary partner again. And then, you know, I love- polyamory i wouldn't mind if like my primary partner was polyamorous i just don't personally need it as much Mm. so i'm good with like one primary partner and then like casual emotional relationships that don't necessarily like follow you know kind of the relationship escalator in any way but that's the thing like i meet people that some of them you know they cover check these boxes and but they don't check these or some check these boxes but they don't check these yeah and i see that too like people on reddit they're like you know well i've got this great connection with this person but you know, they're not checking these boxes and like, I don't know whether to like let it go or stay with this person. And I sometimes find myself in that box too. I'm like, I don't know, you know, how you're supposed to go about that. It ties into scarcity mentality. Yeah. Which is like, you know, if you find someone that you have like a really deep connection with, you want to I'll like, never meet another person again. Exactly. So then you're like, I want to hold on to this person, yeah. but they don't check all these boxes. And like, at the same time, like love is abundant and like, yeah. you know, there's abundance in the universe, but then you're like, but I like this connection and I don't want to let it go. But also like time is finite. Yeah, that too. So like there's an abundance and maybe in theory, I think there's the energy that like love can be expansive, but time in our earthly bodies is limited. Yeah, that too. So, so then it's like you want to give someone your time, but like, you know, they're not checking all the boxes in some way. Like, how are you supposed to manage that? Non-monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wonder, because when I think of that, my thing is like, okay, well then outsource to other stuff. Mm-hmm. Even before that though, communicate that to your partner because there may be an opportunity for them to be willing to do it. And to me, I think that's some of the issue that I've experienced myself and that I've seen with clients is that 
when we feel like we have to ask for something that we want, it mm -hmm. like doesn't feel as good. Yeah. <laughs> or when we feel like we have to like teach somebody how we want to be treated or like what kind of stuff we want to do that it's not as enjoyable or not as pleasurable. And I think that's something I've really had to get the fuck over because like you, we've talked about, there's no one person who's gonna like have all the things. And so to me, it's more about a person's willingness to learn those parts about me and their willingness to like try on and learn that language and like join me in it, even if it's just because they wanna support me. Yeah, mm -hmm. It might not totally align. And that's where I think the non-monogamy and the outsourcing comes in in a consensual way. But I think, I don't know, it's always gonna be like trading things for things. So I think it's on one hand, it's good to like get clear with what are some of your non-negotiables, mm -hmm. obviously, and having like a, a working list that may change of like, what are the things that I really need in a relationship? And like, maybe there's some that are really gonna be no-goes if that person doesn't have it. But then I think to me, it's more about a willingness to find a partner who is going to learn the language of the stuff that maybe they're not as good at, but they're at least willing to support me in that and meet me there. Yeah. Mm. Well, and I think that's often non-monogamy is where I'm like, I meet people because non-monogamy as normalized as it's becoming in some parts of the world or maybe as yeah. like, to me, it feels so normal because I surround myself with non-monogamous, yeah. right? But then like to other people, it's such like a foreign concept and like it's still so new that yeah. I'm dating and, and people are like, well, I don't know. I've never tried non-monogamy. They're like, maybe I'm open to it, but I really don't know because I've never done it. And then, yeah. you know. Well, I think that's another thing too is like if you're really serious about non-monogamy, I find that a lot of people, and I think this is just because maybe we feel like the community is too small, mm. but like why be with somebody who's not already into that? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. You know, and I think there may be a willingness there of like, oh, are you open to this? Are you open to discussing this? Are you open to learning this? But like, sometimes I'm at the point in my life where I'm like, I don't want to have to teach everything. I want to yeah. be able to teach them how I want our relationship to be. But yeah. like from the basics where they're not sure if this is something that they want, I'm like, I don't know if I can do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I find myself in the same boat. It's like I meet people that I have great connections with, but they know nothing about it. And then I'm like, well, I don't yeah. mind teaching, but I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I know who I am in, in non-monogamy. Yeah. I know what I want. And it's like, I just don't always know if I have like the patience to- To find that person. Yeah. But then I have a great connection with them and it's just like, fuck, like what? You, it gets annoying sometimes. You're just like, when- Yeah. You know? What do you guys do with that? Yeah. I, I mean, oh, man, my love life right now is so weird. <laughs> don't you want to talk about it? <laughs> okay. Um, Cammy's in a situationship. It's well, good. you know- Not one I, that you want to be in. No, I, I do want to be in it. Well, okay, so... and Do they is, listen to the podcast? Then we Sometimes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but hello. in a very, like, toxic to make sure she's no, not doing anything with. Yeah. yeah. But one of the... I guess, like, one of the questions <laughs> I had... Out. When it comes to... Especially, like, when it comes to relationships. Like, you start out with someone and you have... You know, maybe they're not meeting your emotional needs and they yeah. don't know what you need in a connection as far as like a relationship, but like the sex is bomb. Yeah. And then you keep progressing forward and now mm -hmm. they the communication's better, everything you're learning more about each other in a you know, an emotional, mental way, but then the sex drops off. So then it's like Then what do you have? Well, what the fuck do I do now? <laughs> work at it if it yeah. feels if you're willing to and if you think it's worth the work. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is another thing. I think even the people that I've seen who do align at the beginning of their relationship, however many years or months down the line, like it's going to be work. Yeah. And so I think there's a part of me and maybe all of us, I think, especially at, at our ages, 
that we just expect sort of quick results. Mm-hmm. You know, if something's not working, it's like next model, right? Yeah. And it's so there's this instant gratification desire. And so I think for me, that's where I struggle is where I'm like, if something's maybe not aligning, I get so much FOMO and I struggle with FOMO across the board. And I think mm-hmm. my FOMO is like, well, there must be some better connection out there, some better person, some better, more aligned partner, some this, some that. And like, maybe sometimes there is, but like oftentimes there isn't because I feel like I always feel Feel that mm-hmm. in lots of areas and I think our generation feels that a lot because of our like swipe culture and instant gratification and like high-speed internet and so I think either way you have to be asking yourself if you're ready and willing to like put in the work to make something work mm-hmm. yeah and I mean like I remember I put a lot of work into my marriage and so it's like when it ended you know I like I said, you know, when I, before on the podcast, like I still think my marriage was successful. I still look at it in a very high yeah. light. It's not as if it's, you know, a failure or all that work was to waste because for it didn't, not, yeah. yeah, for not lasting. But at the same time, it's like it was nine years worth of effort with someone. So you're like, starting, do I want to do that again? Starting literally from scratch. Yeah. And I'm just like, it sounds exhausting, yeah. you know, to think about like getting into another relationship where you put all that work again, when the relationship you had was great and you loved it and like you didn't want it to end. And so yeah. it's just all these constant kind of, is it oxymorons? Is that what the word I'm thinking of? Where it's, you know, on one hand, like I understand love is abundant, but on the other side, I make connections and I'm like, I want to work on this, but then at the same time, it's but it's exhausting to work on it. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, but I really like this. It's, it's, it's whole mess. and how to it's know like, how to know if it's worth the effort exactly. Yeah. Well, I w- and I was talking to my therapist oh, yesterday. Th- I literally was just talking about this with my therapist too. So like, I don't know if any of us really have the answers. I think I would just want to validate that this is like the struggle is fucking real. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, and I was discussing because I was engaged. I was with someone for four years and we were engaged and then we ended things. And then she was like, okay, well, when you think back to your relationship, like what about him did you like? What made you stay? And all I could come up with was he was really kind and he gave me attention. And I looked at that and I was like, oh, fuck no. Mm. Like, I don't want my future relationships. Like, I, yes, I love kindness. Like, that's definitely a value. That <laughs> I, I really want. want to look for an asshole that doesn't like me. You're right. Thank you, therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no. But when it came to like aspirations and like the things that he wanted in life, like those yeah. things did not add up. Like, I loved that he was kind. I loved that he gave me attention. But that was really like where the connection kind of stopped. Yeah. But we kept going because, you know, I loved having him around. I loved the love that he showed me. Mm-hmm. But I think like in the back of my mind, like I always knew. I knew. We we <laughs> weren't aligned in yeah. where we wanted to go. I told Cami for years that mm. she was wasting her did time. Did you? I did, yeah. I don't remember you just, that. You just weren't hearing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, but it, I really don't remember. No, um, I did. I remember because I was like, and I told you multiple times that I didn't think that you guys were going in the same direction. I didn't feel sometimes like Sometimes we don't hear or see the things we don't want to hear or see, Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I remember I was you know, in Mexico recently for a friend's bachelorette. I was in the bathroom and over the sink, it said, the eyes see what the heart feels. And I was like, the yeah, eye, the eyes see what I'm the heart. I have to think on that for a minute. The yeah. eyes, <laughs> I was like, wait, the eyes, the eyes see what the heart feels. So like, okay, you, okay, you, like whatever you're feeling, like that's how you're looking at something. Ah, uh, yes, of your, your state is going, your state is going to affect the way you perceive a situation. <laughs> yes. I'm glad I wasn't the only one that struggled with that. Any, I don't know. There's something in that. Like my eyes. I ha- to be fair, I have a processing delay, so I'm like, 
Well, <laughs> writing down the calculations, counting on my hands. The, two eyes. Yeah. See. Okay, but I'm like taking my fucking time over here. I'm the best, I got it though. The best part was that I was like totally inebriated. So I'm like sitting here washing my You're hands like, and I'm yes, like, yes, the eyes. eyes see. see. What the? Did anyone else think of a heart with googly eyes? Because that's totally. what came to mind. So I was like, wait. I feel like I'll know when you meet the person that you're meant to be with. I feel like I'll know. But wouldn't you say that that's like a monogamous mindset? The person. Yeah. You know, and I agree with that. Right? I agree with that. And I think this is part of the issue is that Mm -hmm. being in any kind of like non monogamous thing, even if we're surrounded by like supportive community and talking about this stuff and feeling like, oh, there's no shame. This is great. We are still operating in a culture where the idealized relationship is monogamous. Absolutely. And so I think we're consistently working against that narrative in the back of our heads. And luckily now there's more non-monogamy and stuff portrayed in social media and And in books and things like that. (laughs) But I think still, you know, monogamy is preferred in our culture. And so I think we're constantly working against that. So this like double bind in your mind that you're talking about, I think is also just a part of like the system that we live in and figuring out like what is actually my desire versus what is like a narrative that I've been told for my whole life. Yeah. Oh, I agree 1000%. I have to stop myself sometimes to like, when I, I do or say something or see something and I'm like, wait, that was a monogamous mindset that I need that's been conditioned into me yeah. that I need to like work through. Yeah, yeah, like there's a part of you that still thinks there's gonna be the one yeah, exactly. out there yeah. who's the perfect fit. Because yeah. we all wanna feel special. Yeah, because we all <laughs> but we can feel special by seven men, okay? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm thinking. That's why when I when I started reading reverse harem, I was like, hell yeah, I wanna yeah. feel special by four dudes. Yeah. But that's the thing but, too, yeah. it's like, you know, I I know, said seven, you said four. <laughs> Going for more over here. Hey, more than seven's a good number. I like seven. If you want to apply to my reverse harem, (laughs) right? Rate and review the podcast, and we'll see. (laughs) I love that. Okay, the other double bind that comes to mind for me though is like, I think as women we are also taught, and you were talking about being like the good Oklahoma wife. Mm -hmm. I think something else that we're also taught is not to want too much. Mm. Yeah, and so we're supposed to be good hostesses. We're supposed to like not rock the boat too much, and so. And on the flip side, like I said, we live in this like FOMO culture where we're like sort of our capitalistic trauma rat race where we're like, I need more, I want more, I should have more, we got to keep going. And so for me, it's really difficult to tell if something, um, like if I'm wanting something else in the relationship, I'm like, am I wanting this because I don't want to work at what I have and I don't want to put in the effort because I'm worried about wasting my time or getting hurt? Mm -hmm. Or am I wanting more because of the like capitalistic FOMO trauma? And then on the flip side, am I not asking for what I want or feeling like I can have that because I'm supposed to be a good girl and like not ask for more or not that I don't deserve more? Or is it just because nothing will ever be enough because there's always some other shiny new thing. And yeah. I love that you Absolutely. bring up like, right? 1000%. That's like my life in a nutshell. And I love that you bring up FOMO because I have so much anxiety when it comes to FOMO that sometimes it's crippling. You know, I'm overwhelmed. I want this, 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 and this. Yeah. You know, I see someone on Instagram, they're having this fun trip and I want to do that. And then, you know, maybe I want, you know, this person, they look good. I want to have sex with them, whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. and I end up like getting FOMO and then I just like sit there and I'm like, well, I'm not doing any of that. And then it's just- yeah, You just freeze. Anxiety, yeah. yeah. Like, see, I'm the, I'm the reverse. I want to do all of it. And so I try to do all of it. And then I'm like overwhelmed and burnt out. And I'm like, well, this is fun. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you say all of it because I was I was talking to one of my partners earlier. He's not non-monogamous, so he's but he's only ever been in monogamous relationships. I don't say that he's 
when we first started like hanging out or whatever, he was seeing me and he was seeing another girl who was also non-monogamous. So he was really interested. Okay, so something about yeah. that that he's attracted to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then one time he went over to her house and she was like, you know, they had like a date or whatever. And she was like, I'm too tired because I spent time with this person yesterday. So like, I really don't want to like have sex or like do anything right now and he was just kind of like he felt he was like well if your energy wasn't in a place where you like wanted to spend time with me because you're tired from spending time with this other person he was like why didn't we just like do this another night when you could actually like you know have time for me make yeah be present make me feel special like yeah and so that like really turned him sour to non-monogamy and so like we've been having this discussion because yeah it is a bummer and i was just like fuck like this girl <laughs> ruined it for me we were on a good path and you know so she she kind of killed that but did she or like was he down to like explore that I don't, he you was know? i think he was because because um, i feel like there's gonna be in monogamy and non-monogamy there's gonna be uncomfortable feelings that come up and yeah. i think it's about a willingness to like face and process that versus yeah. not yeah well i mean i think he kind of shut down in that situation because he didn't know yeah. how to handle it he'd never been in that situation before yeah and immediately he was just like non-monogamy is not for me yeah and i try to talk him through that and like we we're still kind of working through it a little bit because now like we've been seeing each other for maybe three almost four months and kind of trying to we're still like just friends with benefits but in a way kind of trying to see like you know what direction are we going to head in eventually and i'm just like trying to kind of get him to understand it a little bit more and understand that like you know that was one bad example but it doesn't have to be that way yeah but still i like kind of traumatized him and now i'm just like i don't know what to do but see i think that's the struggle is like not that i mean look monogamy also has difficult feelings that come up but i think a lot of people just don't put in the work so they think like oh it's just it's i think it's just like complacency Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely so i think non-monogamy forces you to look at the stuff where monogamy sometimes doesn't force you to look at even though you should be looking at it Mm -hmm. and so i think in our culture we're also taught that like if something is uncomfortable we should move away from it yeah Yeah. and that's kind of just like a survival instinct response right to like keep ourselves safe and like conserve our energy and you're absolutely right i think that's why people shy away from non-monogamy because like you really have to look at yourself and base things if you're going to be non-monogamous you can hide a lot of things behind monogamy yeah well and i guess here i would say is like the key to everything we were talking about is actually slowing down and taking the time to like be with yourself to actually see what you're wanting Mm -hmm. and why i think something that can be difficult in our world especially if you have a scarcity mindset is feeling like you need to like go and do things and do and do and do and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the um trying to go back to that mirror thing the heart eyes whatever (laughs) i feel like a lot of that stuff only happens when you're like being still with yourself and like having downtime to really like be with that and that's fucking hard i try to avoid that at all costs and i think most people do as well yeah and so i think it's really taking the time to be with yourself and figure out like what am i needing what am i wanting why is this important to me where's that coming from and like really soul searching it so I don't know. That's that's what I've been doing for myself. But I remember now why I brought up that story is because you when you said like you want it all, that yeah. that's what he said to me. He was like, you want it all. So why are you, you know, spending time with me who maybe doesn't? Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. 
products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Isn't necessarily sure if I want the same things that you do. Oh, how did you answer that? And I was just I like... I mean, that's pretty insightful. Yeah. Dude, maybe he is ready for non-monogamy. <laughs> no, he's a very insightful guy and he's very, yeah. like, we have great communication around our ideas and such. That's why, like, I like spending yeah. time with him because we actually, like, communicate really well. Yeah. We have great sex. We have a great friendship. Like, he's checking so many boxes yeah. except the, like, kink and non-monogamy ones. Those sound like big. big... Yeah, those sound like big boxes. Exactly. So then that's yeah. why I'm like, you know, that's why I'm sitting here like... Well, but well, and, and it doesn't have... If he's down for you to explore that elsewhere and you're down to explore it elsewhere, is mm-hmm. it a problem? Yeah. Well, that's... I mean, that's something to figure out. Yeah. But yeah, but when he asked me that, he was like... I, I had to sit there and I was like, well, what does wanting it all look like for me? You know, like, do I need to probably maybe sit down a little bit and be like, what is all? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I have an idea, but it's changed so much since like I used to be married. Now I'm not like things have progressed in a lot of ways. But yeah, I mean, this isn't always true, but I do think that like sometimes like energy attracts like energy. And mm-hmm. so I've found that sometimes what can happen for like folks interested in opening up or being kinky is if there's a part of them that like is rejecting that in some way, shape or form, I think we might find our shadow self, that person who sort of represents the part of us that is questioning, like, is Mm. this okay to do? Is this something that I deserve to do? The part of us that maybe feels shame so that almost like they can be our external representation of like reining it in. Yeah. Mm. Does that make sense? I mean, not that that's always the case. I think sometimes it is just, oh, I connected with this person on so many levels and they don't meet all of the stuff. In my own personal partnership, I definitely like there are things that my partner is not interested in as much. And I think there's like a willingness to learn about it and support me in that. But then for the things that maybe he's not interested in, I will like name that, I'll explore it. If it's something he wants to do with me, great. And if it's not, I'm like, I really want to get this need met elsewhere. And then mm-hmm. we have a negotiation yeah. you know, on what that looks like and how it works. And I would say it feels good. I think it's workable. And at the same time, sometimes there is that part of me, that like old Disney voice that's like, but what if there was someone who also wanted all of that too? Mm-hmm. Then maybe they wouldn't have these other qualities. Yeah. So I, it's a it's a tough one. That's the thing though. I've met guys that like are non-monogamous, don't want children because I don't really want children same. or have children and they don't want children. I don't mind little things. You know, I just don't, <laughs> I don't want to birth any I don't want to birth any. I'm sure they would love for you to call them that. <laughs> little things. I don't mind those little shits running around, but uh, um, so like not coming out of me. But exactly. But I have <laughs> I have met guys that like align with those boxes. They check the non-monogamy. They check the kink. They check the yeah. like, and they have great bodies. But great. you don't have a connection with exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. So then it's like, well, fuck. <laughs> and then you're sitting there like, universe, hello, <laughs> it's me again. <laughs> I just have a. Can little you send issues. a replica, but different? You know? Yeah, but don't you have? Wouldn't you say you have like friends? that you like connect with for different things yeah absolutely so what makes this different i don't know i mean it's one of those things where it's i haven't been in this situation before and i remember we did a whole episode on like i yeah i recapped like my dating monogamous men you know while i was like in a non-monogamous marriage yeah and like you know finding people that align with you and all those things but then it's like i feel like i find the two separate and so then it's like, I want, you know, I find great connections, but they don't align with me. Yeah. And then I find the people that align with me, but they're just not great connections. And it's like, I understand, yes, theoretically, absolutely, there could be someone that checks both of those boxes. But then it's like, in the meantime, like, what do I do? Just like, let go of them and like, be alone. But then I'm also in the mindset of like, I love 
whatever time you get to here's spend an, with someone. Here's another mirror sticker. You're never alone if you're with yourself. Put <laughs> <laughs> that no, above a mirror. Look, that's, I think I agree. It's important to like be yeah. able to be with yourself. And I do think we like learn and heal a lot relationally. So I'm not a fan of that bullshit. Like you have to love yourself first because that then you'll never be with anybody. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel fine. I don't like, want to be that way. No, I yeah. love a good passion project. So, you know, when I meet a guy that's got issues, I'm like, come here. I like how you've re-narrated as a passion project because that sounds really positive. <laughs> the female ego. <laughs> a passion project as opposed to like wounded bird syndrome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's... Or like codependency. <laughs> It's a. It's not codependency. It's a passion project. Excuse me. Thank you. This is a great rebranding. I agree. Yeah. Well, no, but you know, like if I find a dude that like checks off some boxes and the rest aren't met, I'm like, we'll work on it. You know, I wanna, I wanna see where this goes. And like, I love just someone that draws me to them. You know, that gives me, like, you know, whether it's like care or you know, cuddles because I love those whatever it is and you know maybe they don't check the rest like i'll i'll try to make it work now there are some non-negotiables but yeah but i think for you you gotta do more non-monogamy well you know what you were explaining earlier about you know having your partner and if you have a need that you feel needs to be met somewhere else and then negotiating like i really like that i hope to have a relationship in which that happens yeah because i do feel like I will need that sort of like autonomy at some point. When I was with my ex-fiance, we were monogamous and he, I mean, he deployed a lot. So I was always home alone and I was still got horny. Like at that point, I was also like pretty still kind of like fixing my relationship with masturbation. So like I was just like always sexually frustrated, but I was so loyal to him. And then, you know, I think back and I was like, you know, if he and I would have just like been able to have conversations, but then there's like the jealousy aspect of it. So like for me, it's just like, there's so many factors. I'm like, I need to be, I don't know, maybe I do need to be more secure and love myself. But No, I absolutely do. I agree. Um, I mean, that's always a work in progress. You know, is, that's yeah. why I'm saying I don't believe in that thing of like, you can't be with anyone else until you love yourself. Cause it's, mm. to me, it's a, an ongoing muscle. It's like an ongoing fight that we face every day. And yeah. we have to like gather our arsenal to like yeah. Go well, against like, yeah, because things narrative. happen and, you know, maybe something changes within you or you gain a new perspective and it's yeah. like you're always growing with yourself. Yeah. I mean, to me, I think the key with any partner is do we have a like shared vision for life and this relationship? That doesn't yeah. mean that you like have all the things in common, but do you share like enough of a vision for why you're doing this? Yeah. And it can't just be because we love each other. Yeah. That's true. I That's agree. true. Yeah, I wish a, that was enough, but it's fucking not. <laughs> no, because I mean, love ebbs and flows, I think, you know, in, in a way that like maybe the in love feeling like you love and care for them at their core, like that's, you know, stays, remains stagnant. But like the feeling yeah. of like you look at them and you're like, fuck, this person's amazing. Like that ebbs and flows. Yeah. But some days you're like, fuck, this annoys the shit out of me. Yeah. You know, like especially when you live with someone and, you know, all those things. So, you know, I, I remember I experienced that sometimes like in my marriage, but it's like the times that you work through that, then you're like, you know, this is great and you love it. But at the end of the day, you do have to have that shared vision. Yeah. And so, and when yeah. that changes. Yeah. And I think <laughs> this applies to monogamy and non-monogamy, but I think if you're with somebody that maybe isn't aligning in a certain way to ask yourself, like, what has attracted me to somebody that doesn't align with me mm -hmm. in this way oh. to like do that work on yourself. Oh, fuck. That's what my therapist brought up yesterday. <laughs> Can you say therapist? Yes. Wait, I'm going to write that down. What was that? What is attracting me to 
this person who doesn't align with something that I'm saying I'm wanting. Me too. Yeah, you know? So it. if you're saying, oh, this stuff is really important to me, but you're finding yourself drawn to someone that either doesn't care about that or doesn't prioritize that, what is it about this that I'm drawn to? Is it because it feels like a good balance to me? Is it because there's a part of that aspect that I'm rejecting within myself? Is it something else? And again, you're, you know, each person isn't going to have everything you're looking for. But mm. like, if you're saying that something is a key thing, why? I also, and I don't want to like, this is like a not all men thing, but I have found that more mask folks, masculine folks, testosterone driven people, I have found it's harder to find them to be like, I don't want to say like multidimensional because <laughs> this sounds shitty, but I have met more femme people who have all these layers. Mm-hmm. I'm not as interested in femme people, but I found like an ability to like have more multitudes and more of the femme people that I've met. Yeah, I agree with you so there. So I don't yeah. know if this is like a gender, th- I don't know what that's about, or maybe it's just the people I've met, but there's almost like, yeah, more layers in the femme people I've met. Well, I was actually having this conversation with the girl that I've been seeing for like about a year now. We call each other best friends with benefits. So what is it, BFWB? Um, <laughs> anyways, <laughs> that sounds great. I got it. tattooed. <laughs> so, and you know, we both, she's solo poly. And she kind of struggles with the same thing. It's like, you know, she meets people that she has a connection with, but they don't align in certain ways. Or she meets people that she aligns with, but they don't have like that connection. So like her and I are always like talking about the same thing. But also like one thing that we always find, and this is not an attack on men by any means, but you know, it's like- I love men. Yeah, I love men too, obviously. You know, if I I want to hear them, you know. (laughs) But we also don't have to say this to protect their- fragility (laughs) no you're right we absolutely don't you know but it's like uh, we were talking about it earlier and it's like why is it that like when it comes to men it's just like you can't get past like this like one layer and like it's like an equation yeah because i think that's i mean i guess coming back to the nature nurture thing that we were talking about i think obviously we live in a culture that like I don't know if it emphasizes and allows like men to be multidimensional. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you know? like, I think in a way, I don't know if like feminists or women would look at me and be like, why the fuck are you doing this? But I really don't mind validating men and their feelings, especially the men that I come across, because I'm like, I don't know if they're going to ever have an opportunity to feel validated by someone. And like if we have to be given permission to yeah, like, feel things. Exactly. And if we do some work to also help men, I get it. Women. Absolutely. Like I, I am. I consider myself a feminist. Like for me, women are you know the most like beautiful beings and i love being with women but also like in the sense that like you know we've been held back in so many ways and so like you know we have to push through and champion for ourselves and all the things society says we're supposed to do fuck all of that but at the same time we're not going to be able to heal fully if we don't heal men either so we have to heal the men you know and they're yeah it's a systemic issue yeah exactly so like when it comes to like the men that i come across i do everything i can to show them that like their feelings are valid and you know it's okay if they feel a certain way it's okay if they cry it's okay if they do this it's okay if your dick doesn't get hard yeah it's okay if you don't like come come faster than you want to yeah or like or if your body isn't perfect like whatever it is it's okay and that like and i think can like help them start to like begin that process of like maybe diving into themselves more okay Okay, I don't want to like therapize you, but I have to ask this question. Sure. You're describing all these like wonderful partnerships that you have. Uh-huh. What makes you feel like you're, I don't know if you're like saying you're not doing it right or like if there's more that you're looking for, like what makes it feel like it's not enough? What I have currently? Yeah. Cause you've, I mean, you've just listed like a couple different partnerships that you, you have. You have your doms, you have your best friend. 
and yeah. then I have and the I other have dude, the, and then that's what I'm happy with that. Yeah, like I and to be honest, so like, I wonder what part of you is like questioning it and being like the future probably. Is there more? What's what's missing here? Well, I think the thing is, is that like with my male partner, yeah. um, the one that I was saying that like he's not he's not ever been in a or non monogamous relationship. Yeah. He's the one that I want to build more with. But you know, he'd have to accept my relationship with my doms. My relationship, I think he accepts my relationship with a girl, obviously, like that's a typical male So thing. it sounds like it's the desire for like a primary thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so like, I want him to be Which my Which is primary. like a whole other topic too that I think, you know, primary or not. Yeah. Oh, you want to feel special. Yes. We want to feel special. It all comes back to that. It's <laughs> But true, I think that's though. good to look at within ourselves, right? Like, yeah. does having other people mean that you're not also special? I don't, you know, yeah, no. That's true. No, and like, that's what I wish I could tell him, you know, and just be like, hey, like, I, I'm happy. And I, I even said this the other day in an episode. I'm like, all my needs are being met. I haven't been on the dating apps. I haven't really like even I went on one date because I felt like for in a way I had to. Not because the guy interested me. He was a pilot just like me. He was super cute. You know, he's a Leo and I love Leo. Um, so. <laughs> I'm sure you talked about this on previous episode with Danny Santa. <laughs> Actually, no, I hadn't been on this date with a guy yet. Uh-huh. But anyways, and so like he interests me. So I wanted a date. But then like I remember halfway through the date, I was sitting there and I'm like, I really like this guy, but like I'm happy with where I am. I just with my, you know, with the other guy that I really like, I just don't know what that future looks like. So like if he's not going to be my primary, then like who is? So then I got to, you know. Mm. Are you on the primary train too? (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, like I have my situationship. It's true. No, but would you say would you say that this is the same stuff she was saying when you were with that other guy she thought you shouldn't be with and you were like, Why didn't you tell me? Oh yeah, same thing. And then later gonna be like, why didn't you tell me that you didn't fucking like this guy? But that's and then like, we have proof now. Though that's the thing is, you know, when I was having my therapy appointment yesterday, yeah. like I was talking about my previous, you know, relationship with my ex fiance, and then you know we were talking about how I reflected on that, and then I and I sat there and I was like thinking about my current situationship, and like the thing that scares me the most is wasting my time. Yeah, which I think and you are. I don't want and you know I see a great connection with him and I see the ability to really make it something special if we can get past like all the toxic shit but I don't know why like it's taking I, I just don't know it's why it's been over a year for reference well I think this is like a topic a whole nother topic we could cover another time but like ti- <laughs> wasting time right yeah. like what is wasting time my therapist just recommended me to read a book called I think it's time management for mortals love that I've only just started it and and it's all about like time management stuff. And I think, you know, we're all trying to like master time and yeah. you can't. And I do feel like, like I said, we live in this culture that puts a lot of pressure on mastering time. And so I don't know if we're ever really like wasting it if you're like learning something and having an experience and processing it. But I mean, I say that as someone who often is worried that I'm wasting my time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so it, and here's like the paradox with that because. I look back at my relationship with my ex-fiance and I don't see it as a waste of time because I do see the lessons in it, but I do realize that there was a point where it should have ended much sooner than it did, but it just Knowing when to leave. Yeah, but it just kept going because- That's what I was saying. When do you, how do you identify when to leave? Wait, hold on. But, you know, we kept going because- Comfort. But I love him, comfort. right? The comfort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I look at my, you know, my partner now and I absolutely love the lessons that I've learned 
while being with him. Yeah. It's been far more than in such a short amount of time. It's been very like expansive in that way where I've learned a lot and it's pushed me in like the right direction. And that's why yeah. like I see the benefit in it and, you know, trying to make it work. But I can um, identify where that should have ended too. So I don't, I don't, I mean, and that's what I'm saying. It's like, am I wasting my time? But I don't think I am. But then, I, you know, then I look at it from afar and I'm like, you know what? At least I did have, you know, these good memories or these good times. I, I, I do appreciate yeah. that. I mean, shit, there were definitely relationships in my my life when I went to the therapist and I was like, I really wish I had left earlier. And they were like, but all these lessons. I'm like, fuck the lessons. I don't want to have learned those lessons. Like I would have much rather not have learned that lesson because it fucking sucked. So I think it's it's tough. Knowing when to leave is not for anyone else, not for anyone else to decide for you. But it's so hard to watch someone I think when you're like thinking that they should go. I mean, yeah. I have that with clients all the time where it's like they know they should go. I'm like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. But like you have to get to that place. And I think unfortunately, sometimes it has to be like so extreme in our physical body that it's like you have to make a move. You have to move somewhere. How yeah. do you identify that for yourself? Have you like, has there been? I think it's that time of stillness. It's that time really? where I'm like really listening to my body. And this is something that's a work in progress that I'm learning. I really would emphasize like people doing a type of therapy called like somatic experiencing, mm. which is all about like, I think listening to the wisdom of your body, mm -hmm. I would say, and like relearning your nervous system. And so to me, I think it's really slowing down and being able to actually listen to my body. Because I think we live in a culture that really benefits from not listening to our bodies right mm. in this kind of capitalistic thing you're just supposed to like ignore it right yeah. no pain no gain white knuckle through it and so i think we've like we haven't learned the language of the body in a lot of ways and so i think learning that and being able to slow down and really being like what is this saying as opposed to just intellectualizing everything to me has been like where the key is and this is not easy i think it's a, a process and a muscle and i'm still working on it myself yeah. but i have found it to be like profoundly helpful so that I'm not just in my thinking brain. I hate getting stuck in my head because yeah. then I'm like, get me the fuck out. This is this is like mentally exhausting. Yeah. But for me, especially like when I used to have panic attacks, I, I don't really have the, I haven't had one in like two years, but it was always physical. It's like my hands start to like make this motion yeah. and then I start, everything just kind of locks up and like my heart rate is up and yeah. I'm crying and then I'm like, I don't know, hyperventilating. Yeah. Nikki has seen some of my panic attacks. Like it's a full body thing. Yeah, it's intense. And then now it's like, you know, when I get anxious, I know I'm like okay I need to wrap myself in something I need to feel like I'm in like a cocoon I need weight yeah like so you my, have resources now yeah resources yeah that's what my my therapist was saying yesterday she was like when you start feeling anxiety like what's your resource it's usually my pets because I know like if I'm feeling anxiety my cat will come up and like cuddle me or like sit on my chest or mm -hmm. my dog snow will come up and like start licking my palm or something like that yeah. so they sense how I'm doing and then they come up to me. I have a question. Yeah. Like, because like she's experienced panic attacks, but I never have. Like, is there a reason why some people do and some people don't? Like, I remember, you know, she's had panic attacks. And then like one time my husband had one and he was like on the phone with me. He was like, please help me. And I'm like, I have no idea what to do because I don't know what you're going through. Like, is yeah. there a reason? I mean, there's so many layers. I think there's definitely can be like an underlying like biological thing, whether that's mm -hmm. some kind of anxiety, something runs in your family or you maybe have, not the right amount of neurotransmitters or hormones that your body needs to like mm. manage stress. But then I think <laughs> it's also can be those sort of nurture things. Like, do you know about your nervous system? Do you know mm -hmm. how to regulate? Do you have tools? Do you have resources? So I think it's kind of like the twin thing we were talking about before, like a nature nurture yeah. combination of like who's maybe at risk and then what tools 
yeah. do you yeah. have or not have? But I think to me, and this is not necessarily the science part of it, but I think when things get to that extreme level of something, even though it's very uncomfortable, your body is obviously sending a big message to you. Mm -hmm. And I find that the big messages, sometimes they come out of nowhere when there's like a fight or flight instance, mm -hmm. meaning something that your body goes into like survival, flight, freeze, flee mode for, like where you really need to jump into action. And so panic attack is a little bit of that, like the breath shortens and it's the body trying to be like, we need to move, we need yeah. to move, we need to do something, we need to face that threat or run away from that threat. And in our culture, we, I've said that a lot, but I've like, I do feel like culture plays such a key part in all these narratives. We are often not able to act on our survival responses the way we need to mm -hmm. because of like ethics and morals and our culture. And so that like stuckness of needing to flee or fight gets stuck in the body through like intense anxiety and panic. Mm. And so it's ne learning to figure out like how to release that, how to complete your survival responses and learn what the tools are to like come down from that. I also think sometimes those extreme panic things happen when we're not listening to the smaller voices in yeah. our body. Yeah. And so like if I'm tapping you like, hey, I'm trying to get your attention, I'm trying to get your attention and you don't know that I'm doing this, you don't know the language I'm speaking, I'm not listening to you, or I'm like, shut up, like mm -hmm. stop annoying me, then I'm gonna get louder, Yeah. right? I'm gonna, until I need to fucking scream and be yeah. like, listen to me, something is not right, you need yeah. to address this. And so sometimes it's our body just screaming like something is not right and should have listened sooner. Mm. So any of those things and all of those things combined, I think is why it happens for some people. And that's always like, for me, that's exactly, you just explained it correctly. Like I want to run and flee, but then my body's like frozen. And then I just- Okay, book recommendation. Like, it's called Waking the Tiger by a guy named Peter Levine. It's all about that somatic experiencing stuff and he kind of describes trauma as Bye. like the stuckness in our bodies when we aren't able to do the fight or flight and when we get into freeze and overwhelm yeah and like how the inability to work through that gets stuck in our physical body and causes anxiety depression trauma usually when i when i have a panic attack like the way i release it is screaming at the top of my lungs does it help yep but like, I mean, one of the times I had it, like I had Nikki basically lay on me or, you know, one time she was like, kind of like seated next to me with yeah. her arm over my tummy and then her cat was like right here and I was just like screaming and crying. Like that's how I release it. I, at the end of it, and I always know it comes and I hate that part the worst is I have to scream and it is like uncomfortable. But then after that is when like my body starts to calm down like as soon as mm. i let that out then it's like okay now we calm yeah. down i've noticed now. when i need when i have a lot of anxiety in my body i crave impact play yeah and i remember one time it was like during my because yeah, you're looking for like a release of the energy yeah release of the tension absolutely and it's like and it's so weird when i tell people or my partners before i've told them i'm like i am super anxious right now i have a lot of stress in my body like i just want to go get hit and beat the shit out of and they're like, what? And I'm like, I mean, that's just me being honest. And I remember like in the middle of my divorce, I was going through like a lot of, I mentioned this in another podcast as well that we did with someone, but I was going through so much like emotional trauma and everything. And I went over to my dom's house and they like tied up my hands in shibari. And then we had a very intense vlogging session like on my boobs, a little bit on my ass, but like mainly my chest area and then my back. So it was like all, all kind of like upper body. Mm -hmm. And 
I saw the pictures of all the bruises. Anyways, I felt like like just a weight had been lifted off my shoulders the next day. I felt like it was a complete 180. Yeah. Like the difference in how I felt. And I was like, fuck. And then after that, and I'd used it before like in, in the same way, but just kind of like minimally. That was like the big time. Like That was a time that I like really used it to release. And I really saw the effects of it. And so like now every time I'm like super stressed, I just want to go like call up my doms and be like well y'all hit me and i think there's ways to find like consensual ways to do that to yourself yeah right like that's what i'm trying to figure out yeah you got to check out the waking the tiger book yeah oh i'm so excited i mean he's not going to say like go flog yourself and knife play yourself yeah (laughs) he's not like that kink aware that i know of yeah but it's things like temperature play like taking a really hot shower taking a cold shower like Mm self-tapping you know so like insightful i don't want to say like harming yourself but like finding clear insightful risk aware ways mm-hmm. to like bring your nervous system back yeah. to like yeah. a grounded state and that's what my therapist has me do is yeah. the, the self tapping yep mm-hmm. she's like whenever you know especially when i get anxiety she's like if you're feeling anxiety you yeah. know go sit by your cat self tap for yeah. a little or bit. dancing and like yeah. shaking yeah and, um, well i don't think people are singing a lot yeah. of people do like hmm, oh yeah, yeah the humming. vibration yeah. yeah i love doing that during yoga it's so it feels so nice like after i you but know, it's like a therapy technique it's called mm. vagal toning oh, of vagal. like moving stress through your body through sound nice love that i don't think people yeah. realize like how much anxiety and stress is like physically manifested in our oh. bodies yeah yeah i mean and so like the more i've discovered it the more i'm like we all need to be finding ways to like physically release it so i also use sex for that to be honest i don't so, think there's anything wrong with that i no. think if you like are risk aware about it and you have some insight obviously kink and sex can be very healing to yeah. all this stuff yeah and i and you know i don't think people like realize sex can also be a tool you know in that way but like sometimes when i'm really stressed, that's because of the fucking like sex shame. addiction yeah. mentality people yeah exactly who like, i don't agree with i agree 1, no one understands when i say i use sex as a stress relief yeah like why no you're just horny all the time i'm like no you just it's really nice when i'm stressed to just orgasm. get pounded into <laughs> and you know hit a few times um yeah. so <laughs> a little harder than that but. no but it's true and i oh man now i'm like this feels like therapy what's your exactly. hourly rate i feel like i'm pay you. <laughs> i'm trying to get nikki a therapist i have one she needs one yeah. i think it's helped me immensely yeah. I want to do so. therapy. My partner that I was telling you that's, you know, the one that I want to be my primary. Yeah. I want to do therapy with him. Like, he? he's, I don't know. He's got shit to work on and I'm just like, I want That should help. be like listed on dating profiles is like, if you're not willing to go to therapy with me. Yeah. Have you done therapy? not going to fuck you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I've showed him plenty of my crazy and he's still here. So that's why I'm like, maybe therapy is what we should try next you know we've only known each other for three months but i like you i want a future with you let's try therapy i love showing people my crazy i'm like if you can handle this we're good you know yeah we did all just want to know that someone's going to be able to um gosh what's the word hold mm-hmm. and not just like physically but like mm-hmm. yeah hold that yeah. space totally yeah you do the equine therapy i'm like fascinated by that yeah for people listening who don't know what that is it's therapy with horses and donkeys oh donkeys too i didn't yeah, know that any any animal in the the equine family mm-hmm. i didn't know donkeys were in the equine family yeah are zebras i believe so we don't know <gasps> any zebras though i've okay. never seen anyone do therapy with a zebra but i'm sure it exists can y'all try that like uh, can, can you find me can you find me a zebra <laughs> if you're listening and you have a zebra yeah we'd well, like to find email me at slutsandscholars at gmail.com right <laughs> 
I think I used to work at an animal sanctuary, and right when I left, they got zebras. I was like, "Are you fucking?" Okay, kidding this is going to be part three of Sluts and Scholars double teamed. Is <laughs> double team? This sounds really kinky. Double team sluts do equine. Yes, there we go. Uh, but that sounds like a porno, so it's, it's not going to be that. The no, no bestiality. Yeah, no, 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 attention though. But Fine I, if you have that fantasy, but we're not doing it. I really want to do that though. Like, the I'd equine love to bestiality. Go. No. no. Uh, <laughs> No, I meant the horse there. <laughs> okay, come out and we'll do it. We'll okay. make an episode of it. Wow. Can we like have a little microphone so that like as yeah, we're... Yeah, can we get those little tiny mics? Yes. yes. Clip them on and then... You know, the ones that you have to hold. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the stupid yeah. And then like tap them. Da, 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 yeah. da, da. Welcome, Can't my hear. friends. <laughs> no. <laughs> Who is she? It. That's the TikTok. Um, the girl on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. I forget her name. Tinks. She's so cute. No, it's not Tinks. Uh, no, it's, it's another one that um she does. Yeah, I went to college has... with Tinks, by the way. Really? Wow. Yeah. <gasps> Tell me about that. I have nothing to say. Nothing to say? <laughs> Did you know her personally? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think that that was a great conversation. I fucking love that. Yeah. I so personally, much. I feel like I've got some things to. I can't wait to read to those books. Sorry I, to make it like therapy, but I think that unfortunately always happens when people talk to me. They're like therapist. That. Okay. No, yeah. absolutely. Thera- yeah. What did What did you say, therapist? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Therapize you? Therapize me? Is that what you said? Yeah. Do you feel therapized? <laughs> Slightly, but I love it. Like, I love... See, I know. You said you like the physical bruises. Do you feel like... Yeah. Like I've hit your soul. In a, in a way, yeah. <laughs> I flogged your soul. And I don't mind that. I give you full consent. I give you full consent. I would hire you as my therapist, but I don't know if that's like, you know, ethically kind of. I think it's a conflict of interest at exactly, this point. Exactly. Because now yeah. we're friends and colleagues, but. Exactly. That's good referrals. Yeah, I know. I'll have to take some. I know the same. I Danica, she's also a sex therapist. I'm like, I can't use you either. And I like you. You know, so, but I, I have been trying to find a therapist. I, I had a therapist. Oh, hit me friend. up. I've got some good ones. Yeah. yeah. I, we have a therapist friend who sent me a long list of recommendations and I just, you know. Is the up. price the same if I bring my dude for this therapy? <laughs> some people charge the same for individual and couples. Some people charge uh, more. more. Okay. I was curious. Well, I'm reading a reverse harem book right now, but once I'm done, I will get to waking <laughs> That is the also therapy. You're resourcing, yeah. you know. Are you, do you, have you read reverse harem? Honestly, I haven't. You haven't? Okay. okay. But I'm we're going to send you a couple uh, Bur- recommend- Burberry Boys, whatever you've recommended in our part one is on the, on the list. Yes. It's really funny. And like, just bear with it because it's kind of corny in the <laughs> beginning. But then you just get to some parts that are so funny. You're like literally like laughing out of your chair. I love those books. I'm, I'm excited. I want, yeah, I know. Well, if you do read them, like, tell us what you think. And do you I prefer, might do it on, do they, are they on audiobook? Some of them are. It just, you just have to look for it. Do you prefer, like, fantasy, like, saving the world? Or do you like, like, the good old, like, we're in college and we've got problems? Yeah, because we have, like, um, recommendations too like for, both. like, the spacey, okay. you know. Oh, across the board. Okay. The board. Oh, okay. Cool. We're going to, let's send, we'll send a couple. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. And if you read them, like, I'd really love to see your opinions on them. <laughs> well, thanks so much for having me. And uh, thanks for having us. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You can find us at Double Teen Podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Double Teen Pod on Twitter and Reddit, or just you know find all the links at www.doubleteenpodcast.com. 
I created the site myself. And if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, sometimes on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. I guess I have like four videos on TikTok at Sluts and Scholars. <laughs> or you can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review all of us. And we did this in kind of like part one, part two. So if you're listening on one or the other, go check out Double Teamed or Sluts and Scholars to listen to the rest of this awesome episode. Okay. Regardless, thanks for joining us. I always say wear condoms, everybody. Thank you.